Hello friends and family and welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain and Injury Podcast. We have a fantastic episode in store for you here. I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Khaled Latif and Dr. Lizzie Tucky from Scan.com. Today this episode is dedicated to, you guessed it, scanning. And in particular how Scan.com can help you access and get any scans that you may need to aid you along your healthcare journey. In this episode we, we cover why Scan.com was set up what type of scans they offer, and what actually is the difference between a CT, MRI, X-ray, and ultrasound scans, and which ones you might need for different injuries. And then by how using scan.com, you can get the results and the scan you need often within five days of booking an appointment with them. As a reminder, if you are someone in pain and you are looking for someone to help you, then also you can head on over to thebackpainpodcast.com, where using our provider map, you can pop in our postcode or pop in your postcode, and you can find someone tried and tested local to you, to help you with your pain and injury. But that's it from us. I'll leave you in the capable hands of the guys from scan.com. Welcome to the Back Pain Podcast with Rob and Dave, the only show geared specifically to help educate you about your back pain. We talk to the experts to bust the myths, break down the science, and give you all the top tips for living pain free. So, if you're driving to work, tidy in the house, or even laid up at home in pain, we have something for everyone. Hello, friends and family, and welcome back to another episode of the Back Pain and Injury Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Scan.com. What I'm going to do is hand you straight over to you guys to in- briefly introduce yourself, and then we're going to tell you all about how fantastic Scan.com actually is. Well... I'll, I'll start. Uh, my name is uh, Dr. Khalid Latif. I'm a consultant radiologist uh, with an interest in musculoskeletal imaging. Uh, I'm based in uh, Nottingham University Hospitals. And I've been a consultant for well over 20 years now. And a lot of my imaging is all, 99% is to do with musculoskeletal imaging. And, and a lot of those are back pain patients, you know, with scans for those. Um so that, that's 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 my background uh, as a radiologist. Um, we uh, um, do you want to? We founded um, uh, Scan.com um, several years ago. Uh, one of the reasons uh, that we founded Scan.com was that a lot of our patients decided were, were having difficulty accessing scans. So one of the ethos of Scan.com is to have imaging accessible easily for patients. And so that was our, our premise, and, and we've gone from strength to strength since then. Fantastic. And Lizzie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, and thanks for having us on. Um, so my name is Dr. Lizzie Tucky. I'm the Managing Director of Scan.com. I'm also a clinician by background, and our organisation is Clinically Dead, which is fantastic. I trained as a surgeon in the NHS, and I've been working in uh, health technology uh, for about 10 years now. And I joined Scan.com recently because I'm really passionate about the mission. I myself and my family members were not getting access to scans uh, and had delayed diagnoses, and that led to uh, you know cancer being diagnosed late and uh, and we see that sort of thing all the time and um, making imaging available outside of an NHS pathway um, is actually enabling patients to um, get access to a diagnosis quicker Um, and um, and you know that's part of our core mission. Fantastic thank you. So Karen if I start with you as obviously I know you're you know on the ground floor of this as one of the founders can you tell us about how scan.com started um was this just is it something that you kind of dreamt up based on waitlist that you've seen or you know how did it kind of come about 
Well, it's it, it, Jasper who was, who was one of our founders, uh, and myself. Uh, Jasper's mainly his idea, really, because he's a clinician and I'm a radiologist, so uh, good friends and colleagues. And so, I mean, he 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 was having patients referred on for uh, you know see patients with, with problems, for example, back pain, and they would need a, a scan, an MRI scan, and it was difficult for them to access scanning privately because there's a bigger wait list. They'd have to sometimes have to go and see a, a clinician in the secondary care center, like a consultant, to be referred on for a scan. And uh, we thought, actually, you know what? There's there's a bit of a, um, a problem here because we're adding more stuff in, in the way of patients getting a scan. So hurdles, basically. And so we thought it'd be great to to have some sort of system whereby Patients can call up a scan center or clinician like myself or Jasper and say, look, this is our problem. We take the history and then we can send it to a scan center and near them uh, uh, at an appropriate price. And that's how we we, we thought about scan, uh, scan.com. It was initially, it was called National MRI Scan, but uh, it's now scan.com. And so that's how we we decided that that was the best uh, best thing to do. And the patients actually liked it. The important thing to realize is that this is not a self referral um, uh, from patients. It's a referral from patients to a clinician like myself and other colleagues that we've got on board. They take the history and then they refer the patients on for a scan. And I think that's a really important point to to stick to during this episode is that it, this is not, um, you know, for a patient who just books themselves an MRI scan, they're booking themselves a consultation and an appointment with a, with a you know, an option to be referred for a scan if it's appropriate. So it's not walking into a scanning centre and getting an MRI scan. And there is a, a, a clinical part that goes along with this and why it's different to a lot of other self-referral, you know, options. So Lizzie, what type of scans are offered at, at scan.com? Well, we started with MRIs and we now have a network of about 150 scanners in the UK. So our main goal is 15 miles from every postcode in the UK and we're almost there. Um, And we've expanded that um, to offer ultrasounds, x-rays and CTs. Um, And obviously the clinical indications for those are, uh, you know, are more carefully screened. Um, and Khalid will probably tell you a little bit about why a CT and X-ray are more carefully screened. Um, but yeah, so we now offer um, MRI, CT, ultrasound and X-ray. And we do see in the future offering more services. Um, we get asked, uh, you know, if we do other things. And so hopefully we'll be adding to our, our core um, scans. Fantastic. So then I think that's teed you up quite nicely, Khaled, for talking about the differences between those scans. Most people think, you know, that we know what an X-ray is. Most people have, you know, had a, an arm or an ankle or something like that X-rayed at A&E. But what is the actual difference between, if we take CT, X-ray and MRI scan, what are the, the hallmarks there? I think, I think firstly, I think I mean, we could go on that in a second, but I think the, the important thing to realise is that all these imaging modalities we're talking about, MRI, CT, X-ray and so on, are complementary to each other. So we use uh, each one depending on what the clinical situation is. So that's important. Um, going on to MRI scanning, MRI basically does not use any radiation. It uses magnets and the patient's uh, body physics, basically, if you, if you will. So, um, so we, we, we use the magnets to, to image the patient's body. Um, could be any part of the body, basically. Um, 
we stick the bit in the, in, in the, in the magnet. Uh, we apply a radio frequency coil. Um, basically, we image protons because the water is the most abundant part of the, uh, of the composition of the body. And so we, we image those protons in that small magnets and so on. They, they, when we hit it with a radio frequency pulse, and I don't want to go into the physics of it because, firstly, it's very complicated, as we discussed. Uh, the radio frequency pulse uh, sort of uh, changes uh, the, the atoms around the hydrogen uh, protons, and then um, they send a uh, signal, and that is basically what we image on, on a scan. We're using lots of computers, lots of mathematics, all these algorithms and so on. So the, the important point is that there's no radiation involved. And with MRI, we, it has a very, very high uh, soft tissue resolution. So it will resolve different types of tissues very, very beautifully. It'll show them really nicely. So it'll show the bone marrow, it'll show the nerves, it'll show the muscles, it'll show the fat, it'll show the fluid separately. X-rays um, are basically the, the, the original imaging was X-rays um, uh, discovered by William Rontgen in 1893 or something like that. They basically use ionizing radiation. X-rays are ionizing radiation, radiation and therefore they can be damaging to, uh, to the body. So that's why we have to control them uh, very strictly, with ionizing radiation rules and so on. Um, so that's the difference between the two. X-rays use radiation, which is ionizing, whereas MRI is magnet, but it's, it's very safe. There's no ionization radiation there. And then, so I guess the difference is, is, so if we want to see purely bones, we have an X-ray or a CT scan, correct? But if we want an MRI, largely, because it, it shows those soft tissues and the nerves, an MRI is going to be quite, uh, it's going to be better at picking up those. So why doesn't everyone have an MRI? You know, why, why do we still have X-rays if MRIs are, even exist? Is it, is it just time? Is it cost? Is it energy? Is it effort? What's the, the key here? Yeah, it's, it's a really, that's a really good question, isn't it? I mean, I think, First of all, um, not everybody needs an MRI. It depends on what the clinical problem is. Like, for example, if you if you were involved in a road trap, you know, fell down the stairs and broke your ankle, we don't need to see the soft tissues. So you need an X-ray to look at the bones. You know, are they broken? Yes. Yeah, you need to go and have a you know surgeon to look at them. And so that's it. Depends on what the indication is. Going on to our current uh, topic of back pain, for example. If you do a patient lumbar spine x-ray, for example, you will just see the bones. And we know that the problem uh, the patients have is that they may have a disc, which is a bit of padding between one vertebra and the other, um, that can be slipped, so so-called slipped disc, that is not visualized by x-rays because they're like more like soft tissue and they've got fluid in it. And MRI is par excellence the best imaging modality of looking at discs. So, so it just depends on what the clinical situation is. Okay, that makes total sense. So, um, what about CT scans then? They are also radiation, I think, as you said, um, it, just in bigger doses. Yeah. So, CT scans are radiation. They are they produce images, and CT stands for computerized tomography. And basically, what happens is that we have a special uh, X-ray tube which fires X-rays through the patient body, and then the X-ray information is collected in uh, detectors, and then we have various computerized technology and images produced. And CTs uh, are very fast at producing you know, images of the whole body. But as, again, as I said, they, are, they have ionizing radiation. It's quite a lot of ionizing radiation. So, so they're generally 
you know, slightly more damaging to the tissues of the body than, than an x-ray because there's just, they're in greater quantity. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So Lizzie, then, uh, you know, how does this work as a, as a patient, you know, and I want, I want to go about this. What steps do I follow to go from now to, you know, considering having or being referred for a scan? Um, so uh, our booking flow, you, you basically come on live, you've just, you landed on scan.com. You've heard about us from this podcast or from, from another another way, from a friend or from a family member. Um, you'd come onto our website and you'd be able to have the experience of booking a scan. Um, so you choose a, uh, a location, you put in your postcode um, and you put in the the, the air at the body part that you're worried about and the type of scan you think you need and and then um you would be taken through to a map and from that map you would choose a scan based on postcode or based on availability of appointment you can actually book an appointment online through our platform um and once you've booked an appointment um your referral you've generated a referral at that point will be sent through to Khalid and his clinical team and at that point he would carry out he he and his team would carry out a review and this is all done in an automated way so we have a workflow that allocates out that referral to the appropriate person in Khalid's team and they would then take that and uh they call the patient um we have a, a kind of turnaround time with that maybe Lee can add if I'm making any um, errors or miss anything out, but um, the 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 clinical um, review would happen within 24 hours, um, and the patient would be called and screened ultimately. So what we're what we're really looking for is, does this patient really need the scan? Um, obviously, we've discussed MRI. There isn't much risk, but with the other with the other um, scan types, we want to make sure that we're not exposing people to unnecessary radiation. Um, and so we and Khalid put his hand up so i'm gonna <laughs> no, no no it, it it's fine Lizzie. I mean, it was just it was just that you know the the initial consultation um sometimes apologies for uh, cutting i didn't know i should do that but when the patient uh, they don't know exactly what scum they they want really and um so so we have to direct them as to exactly the most appropriate imaging sorry lizzie carry on apologies for that um, yeah, so 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 often in that consultation, uh, the what they've requested will be changed um, and sometimes cancelled. So we reject a proportion of you know about seven percent of people who come through our platform will be told actually no, a scan isn't the right next step. You need to go back to your GP or you need to go for physio or you need to go and see a pain management doctor. Um, so we do reject a number of people. We all also change uh, change the scan type of a number of people. Um, and then obviously there's those that proceed. So once you've been screened by the clinician, your order then actually gets fired off to the uh, to one of our imaging center partners and your booking is then confirmed. Um, and you would attend the scanning site, uh, have your scan. And after that, um, you would within uh, 72 hours receive your report. And scan.com also sends you a, a scan slated report, which is our AI tool that basically turns a medical jargon report into non-medical jargon and has beautiful diagrams and GIFs that show you what a synovial joint is and explain which bone is involved and what swelling there is. Um, and so that's our AI tool. So you get two reports from us and that will happen within 72 hours. So that's the kind of overview of the journey. Um, and then um, after you've received or at the same time you see receive the report or indeed before, you would receive a call from the clinician who will, um, who will explain 
explain the report to you um, and signpost you to the next step um, if there is a next step. Um, so we oft, we ask, and most of our reporting is done with kind of clear signposting in the report. So this patient might need a secondary care referral or they might need to go back to their physio or they might need some pain management or whatever the outcome is, that's then explained to the patient um, in that post-scan consultation. Um, so the whole journey should th- can theoretically happen as quickly as five days from being referred all the way through to having that post-scan consultation. That's fantastic. And what I really liked about that and I highlighted in the kind of introduction was that opportunity to have a follow-up with the clinician because the, the downfall that we see a lot from our side of the fence, which is the kind of the physiotherapy and chiropractic and the you know primary care management side, is that people turn up with a report that they've been given. And that might be an X-ray, a CT scan, an MRI scan, and they haven't had the chance to be explained. It's been printed off by someone, whether that's at a surgery or and it's, it's no one's fault. It's just purely a you know overburdened system. And no one's had the time to explain it. And reports initially look scary. You know, everybody's got things that pop up on scans that sound scary. And terms like, you know, degenerative disc disease and facet arthropathy and things that get, you know, kind of thrown around very easily by us clinicians kind of get, you know, look a lot scarier on scans. And they might be completely irrelevant to why that patient has pain right now. So it's the taking into account that clinical history, looking at a scan and then actually relaying to a patient what is important to take away from this and then what to do about it. So I'm really glad that you know that's what you guys do at the end of the day yeah and um actually you you'll find uh, the brain scan often causes some of the most um anxiety uh with the findings because there's lots of incidental findings about 20 percent of brain scans uh, so that's 20 and 100 will have um uh, incidental findings and those can be quite scary and so we have worked hard to produce information and to educate you know, to make sure that our clinicians are able to talk about incidental findings and normalize them for the patient. So most patients will have involutional changes and potentially like vascular change, so change the blood vessels. And that can be really scary if you were just thinking you're going to get a brain scan and you end up with uh, these unexplained uh, findings that um, there's no clear next step for uh, because there really isn't um, a next step so so yeah we 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 do try and try and provide that grounding for patients so hopefully reducing the burden on on your your kind of area where turning out with uh you know kind of a scan report going what the hell's going on i I tell a story i've said this numerous times on the podcast so for people that have heard it before i do apologize of a lady who turned up to see me and she's in her mid 80s and i said so you know what brought you to see me today and she said oh well, I stepped off a curb and it gave me arthritis. And I kind of thought, What's going? and she brought out this, this x-ray report that, you know, a very kind receptionist had printed off for her. And she'd stepped off a curb. Her GP had, you know, had immediately had some back pain. The GP had quite correctly said, maybe let's get an x-ray. Maybe you've got a compression fracture. And, you know, she didn't, no one explained the report and just came back with, you know, age-related, you know, degenerative spinal, whatever the phraseology they used, or spinal arthritis. And uh, she said, oh, I must have got that from stepping on the curb. So that was her explanation of of you know, what, of, of what went wrong. Khaled, over to you. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with, with, with all those uh, things. I mean, a lot of the, radi- I mean, I'm a radiologist, so a lot of the radiology reports mention so much stuff, which is relevant to radiologists and possibly relevant to clinicians. But when the patient, like involution changes and all these, you know, white matter changes in the brain and so on, they can be so confusing for patients. And, you know, one of the, one of the things, as Lizzie said, is that we make sure that the patients understand what all these actually mean and actually 
they're not relevant. And so that's that's really important that the patients go away looking at the report and thinking, actually, I don't need to worry about that. The other thing that a lot of our patients do is they get they get their scans. So they so so I've had I've had patients, you know, ring me up and say, Dr. Latif, what's my son's scan showing? It's very abnormal. And I said, Well, you haven't we haven't had a consult yet. And you know, so they've been looking at something that's normal. You know, you know, like if you look at a brain, if you've never seen a brain MRI scan before, it looks very, very difficult. And um, so we, we tell them that. And so, look, please do not interpret your scans. We, we say that to our uh, our clinical colleagues too, because they have to come to us really, because even they don't understand scans. So that's really important that the patients understand that. That's 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 really true. So another worry that people have, and I'd have maybe it's a question for Khalid, but uh, is. What is ever having an MRI like? Because, you know, people see, you know, from watching Casualty on hospital or on TV and watching Grey's Anatomy that we go into a big, long metal tube and you're there for seven hours and it's loud and it's scary. Is it always like that? You know, what's it actually like? It's actually, I've had several MRI scans myself. I don't know if Lizzie has, but certainly um, it, it looks daunting because the machine is big. And But but the modern MRI scanners, the, the, the bore you know, the tunnel that the patient's going is, is a lot wider than it used to be. So so it's, it, it is like going into, into a tunnel. But most of the time, you know, we can not worry about it. It is noisy, but we put headphones on patients. We are, They can choose the music they want to play while they're being scanned. So they just lie there. The important thing is that patients have to lie still so we can get the best image quality possible. So... So it's, it's uh, they put the headphones on. They're lying on this on this uh, on this couch, this tube, this sort of like couch that goes into the scanner. Most of the time, you know, the, the head doesn't necessarily need to go in all the time unless they're having an MR scan of the head. And we put some special kind of goggles on them and so on to make them feel that they're actually looking outside. So we try our best to reduce the the claustrophobic element uh, that some patients have. And, you know, I just close my eyes and listen to my music and actually go to sleep. And, you know, an MRI scan can take a long time, depending on what um, what we, you're having scanned. So an average is about 15 to 20 minutes for a back scan. Um, the sequences are getting faster and faster. We can, we can improve that. Uh, there's a lot of work in AI uh, coming in that may help in this. Uh, but majority of the time, the, the scan is, is fine. Most patients have no problems. Even if the patients are thought to be claustrophobic, when they go and have a chat with our well-experienced radiographers and they see the machine and their their fears are allayed and say, look, it's not going to be as bad as you think it's going to be, they can be put in the scanner. It just takes a little bit more time. Um, often, if they're really, really claustrophobic, then we can um, send them for an open MRI scanner, which is not a tube; it's like a donut. Uh, it's like like a half a donut uh, cut in uh, in bits. So, so it's uh, we can have an open MRI scanner. These these are few and far between, but we can certainly do that. There's there's seven in the country. I don't know. There's one where I work um, at the ACC in Bournemouth. So there's a, <laughs> they are few. We have people yeah. travelling from a long way to get one because yeah, people some people don't like the idea of it. So it, it, it's, it's important. Now, one question that gets asked a lot, and especially in our Facebook group, the, the, the back pain and injury support group, is that 
what happens if I get my MRI and I'm not actually in pain on the day? So some people will, you know, do I need to be in pain for it to show up a scan? Can I take painkillers because I don't want it to, you know, not be in pain when I have my MRI scan and then it not show anything. So that's the concern that a lot of people have. And I can, I can see where they're coming from on that. Um, depending on what the conditions, but most of the time, not, not, not a problem. I mean, the, the abnormality that you've got, let's, let's, let's say you, let's say uh, back pain and you've got a disc. And you have one of these good days when, you know, the disc is not as inflamed as it normally should be. Uh, and so you don't have much pain. You go for your mask on. The disc is still going to be there. Uh, the facet joints, the, the back, the, the joints, the back of the spine uh, column, the facet joints, you know, they will still be abnormal and they can cause pain. So you don't have to have a disc. So all that stuff is still going to be there. So it doesn't matter. Take your painkillers and go for your scan. In actual fact, you should take your painkillers because if you're more comfortable, you lie in the scanner, uh, you know, and you lie more still in the scanner and you will get better images. And so, some MRI scans and CTs involve contrast and injections and things as well. I know you get certain shoulder and knee and hip um, MRIs. Is, is that quite common as well? Or is that, are those a bit more few and far between? Um, MRI, MRI scans... Um, uh, per se, we very rarely have to give contrast because the resolution of MR imaging with all the very sequences that we have developed over the years uh, do not require contrast. However, if, for example, we, we turn up something after the scan, something that's slightly abnormal that needs a bit more clarification, for example, it's a mass, it's like a tumour, you know, we want to know the vascularity of it, then we bring the patient back and do, a, do another scan with contrast. But MRI scanning with contrast is pretty uncommon. Um, on the whole, CT scans, depending what part of the body you're doing, if it's usually a body scan, chest, abdomen, pelvis, we almost always have to uh, give them contrast because that's the way we highlight the blood vessels better on CT scan. It gives a bit more um, soft tissue delineation. Um, so CT is pretty much almost body scans, CT scans almost always uh, with contrast. And is that something which is uh, injected in or something which are given to people as a drink? Yeah. It's injected, actually. So apologies for that. I think uh, for uh, thank you for asking that question. I was just assuming everybody knows that. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's injected. It's, it's iodinated contrast. Um, it highlights the blood vessels. It's, inject, it's injected veins of your arm, usually your arm, and it's injected uh, via pump. Um, and then, as the injection is going in, this scanning is timed uh, at a phase that's uh, important for that part of the body. So. This, the ejection usually goes in for 60 seconds and straight after that we start the scanning and we image the, the, the body, yeah. But for most kind of musculoskeletal stuff, it's pretty rare that people are going to have something like this anyway. It's more the abdominal things, yeah. Very rare, because very rare. We would, yeah. That makes sense, right. So Lizzie, I guess to kind of, you know, to bring it home, the, the one key thing that people will be concerned about is what if my scan shows something nasty? And we're not going to speculate on what nasty things are, but what if something does arise that, you know, is it isn't very nice what how do you manage that um so if there's something urgent on a scan um we we have a it, that that um will be flagged to us um very quickly by our our, our team and we have a 24 hour 7 days a week service to contact the patient inform them and also inform the gp so there's two people chasing the patient to make sure they they take the accurate next step so whether that's attend any or take an urgent appointment um we will work 24 hours a day to try and get that done 
Um, if it's a kind of like uh, there is something there, uh, you need further advice or a secondary care consult, um, we have partners that we re- we offer to refer or we uh, signpost them back to the NHS pathway. Um, and um, if it's physio, we can connect them to physio. So we really do have a sort of integrated system where if a patient does need um, some, if something seen on a scan and they need additional clinical input, we have pathways in place that we can support the patient with. Or often if they don't want to go into a private pathway, because patients might be okay to pay for a fast diagnostic, but that doesn't mean they necessarily want to leave the NHS. It's just they're supporting, they're topping up what they get on the NHS. So then they might want to go back to the NHS and take their scan report and explain to their GP that they need to see a specialist or an orthopedic surgeon um, and um, or a pain specialist. And that's what will happen. So we're there to support them and signpost them. We can obviously uh, get them access to private pathways and we can also support them in getting back into the NHS. Fantastic. And the, the only other question I really had was, can clinicians refer in as well? So, you know, if uh, we have a, a, a clinician following as well for physios, osteos, GPs, you know, can they also then refer patients into scan.com or does it have to be directed by the patient? I think, I think, yeah, I mean, um, definitely we have a, I think Lizzie will have a better handle on this, but yes, yeah, certainly we have, we've got clinicians who are And that's how it started. So uh, Jasper, our founder, is a clinician. He's actually a chiropractor and he uses imaging in his care pathway. And um, we've created, so whereas we have, what patients will see is they'll go to scan.com or ukscan.com and they will see our kind of customer facing um, booking flow. We also have a a portal, which is like a a patient record system um, where clinicians will have a login and they will log into a, a view which gives them the ability to refer patients and to put the kind of clinical um, reason for the scan the type of scan and obviously that's then linked to their account so they can come in and refer directly Um, and then they sort of flow through the same booking flow the patient's contacted and gets to choose a center or site and the same process that I described earlier kind of continues Um, but yeah so you can be a clinician and use the portal and we encourage clinicians we have um, you know chiropracts physio osteopaths using um, imaging in their pathway Um, and we also have GPs um, and we have um, surgeons neurologists using our platform for their imaging. So how can um, therapists and clinicians go about registering with you? Is it just accessing the portal or is there a sign up page? How do they do it? Yeah, so you can actually make a referral without a portal account um, and you can do that on our website. There's a black band at the top and you can make a referral. Um, when you click through to that, you can also set up an account and it's it's, it's a couple of lines. Um, you know, we need your name, your email address, et cetera. Um, and you will, you will receive account details and be able to log in. And then we would share with you a kind of video of how to use it. Um, and um, yeah, but, but essentially you can refer without an account. Uh, you, you can you can you, you can do that directly from our website or you can sign up if you think you're going to be using it regularly fantastic guys that's been amazing i've learned a lot about scan.com i think this is a brilliant service that really fills a, a hole and as i've said numerous times i'm really impressed with that the follow-up and the assessment everything that you you guys you know have as part of that whole package that you offer so thank you so much for taking the time to to talk to us today i guess is there anything that i haven't asked about that you'd like to mention about scan.com or have we covered it all in in enough detail? 
I think from my point of view, we've covered quite a lot of the stuff, Rob. I think we 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 haven't mentioned too much in ultrasound. And I think it's really important to say that the ultrasound is a very, very important imaging modality, not for back pain, but for, for other musculoskeletal conditions. And um, quite often, it's even better than MRI scan, particularly for looking at tendon pathology in the periphery for around, around the hand or... Uh, or around the feet and ankle. So, yeah, that's very important as well. That's really good. Yeah. So, for those, for those peripheral musculoskeletal conditions and shoulders as well, yeah, the, the ultrasound is very, very useful and very quick and easy to do as well. Yes. And also, and also, sorry, sorry, Rob, just the other thing is that, you know, we use ultrasound for guidance. So, patients, we have uh, partners who, who, who are part of the, you know, who, who provide service for us, uh, in, injection led. Uh, uh, clinic ultrasound clinic so the injection of sort of painful joints you know with 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 ultrasound guidance so we, we do that as well yeah i mean i would say if there's any clinicians listening get in touch please feel free to refer patients you don't need irma you need specialist qualifications um and um yeah it's pretty simple but thank you very much for having us on. Fantastic. Thank you very much. No worries. Really appreciate that. No, fantastic. And obviously the website is, is scan.com. Is there, do you, are you guys on social media? Do you have social media pages? Is it just scan.com into all of the normal Instagram pages to exactly. find you? Fantastic. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. That's fantastic. We do, we are live on there and also our LinkedIn. Fantastic. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for taking up your evening to to have a chat to us this evening. Um, you know, hopefully we can get you back on again in the future to chat more about this. It's a brilliant topic. And I uh, hope you have a lovely rest of your evening. Thank you very much, Rob. All the best. Rob, thank you for having us. Take care. Bye. Bye.